And a three, two, one, we're live. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to On the Wheeled, a one-of-a-kind podcast where you get to go behind the wheel with me and tune into some of the most spontaneous, authentic conversation with people from all over the world and from every walks of life. In this episode, we feature Axel, an LA director and producer who came to America seeking asylum ten years ago. This time, we went off the wheel and onto a hiking path in the Malibu Mountains. We walk, chat, drink tea, and record a podcast together. All meanwhile, witnessing the most glorious sunset. During the conversation, we get to learn about Axel' bizarre stories and adventures on how he literally ran to the border seeking for asylums. He also shares his hope, dreams, and aspiration as a director and producer, as well as the doubts and fear that come with being inspired to live at the highest level possible. In everything that he does, here are some highlights of this episode. For a moment, I had this feeling of like, look at this, nothing else matters.、Mm. Take a step back, sometimes take things a bit slow, and let the magic happen. To go to a film festival in France, yeah, wow. Through the Film Institute in Cuba, they、wow. helped me get all my paperwork. But once I made it to that festival, then we just. Kind of ran away from the festival. In the car,、Whoa. he gets his gun. No. And he's like, "Stay in no, the car." No, no. He starts yelling. Oh God. And I'm like so nervous. And tells me, "Okay, welcome to America." What? <laughs> no. No. You know what? I'm so grateful that I get to come to LA、mm. to become a filmmaker. Yeah. I'm in the greatest city. We believe there is something bigger than us because the way that we interpret the world is through our own eyes. Because we create things, we cannot comprehend that this would just be. We're drinking, cold, drinking some tea, guys. This guy <laughs> must be like a really nice person that I can like talk to,、mm. and that's how I decided to just send you a message. And just like that, I've had so many good friendships that have come. You end up meeting all these great people.、Mm. So I think the positives outweigh the negatives、mm. on any social media platform. So much. Satisfaction from sitting down and watching Game of Thrones.、Mm. That I would watch one episode and another episode, and then it's like your creative thirst is satisfied. And trust me, I'm the last person <laughs> to be、a、like. Sandman, woo woo woo. Man, that is driving as, out to Malibu. That is as woo woo as you can <laughs> think. And I'm a very Type A personality.、Yeah. I have like my calendar is on point, like. To talk to me, you need like an appointment, <laughs> like, and then I'm like, yes, I need to go to Rafael's to have like, because I, I experienced that in a very、uh, complicated time in my life, and then I do one of these sound baths on a Sunday, and after that I was like very calm. I was able to make decisions for things that were actually good for me. Why am I not there? Like、mm. I'm doing something wrong. So I think my purpose is to live the best way that I can, to be at the highest level in everything that I do.、Mm. That is my purpose,、mm. and through that, I entertain and inspire people with the stories that I tell. Keep listening for the full story. Other than that, let's dive right into this episode. I'm 
grateful that you show up and do this off the wheel podcast episode 19 with the audience you guys we have axel here axel is a newfound friend of mine we did an episode over at axel studio the other day just dropped today yes yes it was beautiful dude wow yeah, you liked it i loved it I loved yeah it was it. a very interesting conversation yeah how so what do you well, usually most of my podcasts, I'm a very busy person. I'm always like thinking of achievement and getting this, getting that, setting goals. Like how do I get more projects? How do I do more? How do I learn more? Mm-hmm. And the thing that was interesting about your episode is that you have accomplished a lot in your field. But then the things that you, the content that you're putting out is more about almost like slowing down while still going after things that you want to do mm. but doing it in a way that is more calm and mm. less anxiety and stress inducing mm. so that was interesting and it's something that in the last couple of years i've been trying to implement that into my life mm. and it's this balance right yeah. of as a producer and director I have to be pushing beyond the limits of what I even think can happen mm. and land somewhere there. Right. But as an artist, you also have to learn how to take a step back sometimes, take things a bit slow and let the magic happen. Mm. So the whole episode had that flow mm. that I really enjoyed. Mm. So. I giggle as I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I watch the, what we were talking about and I, I giggle, I laugh. And it was, it was really nice. It was fun. Um, that's the way I like to do things, too. So thank you so much for coming on to, you know, return the favor. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and very experimental, as you, you see. But this is, I think, very unique. Yes. Like, let's just take a walk. And while we walk, talk. And the point is not to make the podcast, but the point is to hang out. And then the podcasts kind of get recorded yes. as an authentic. Because the, the motto of the... Of, what I want to do is to uplift, inspire via authentic conversation. So mm-hmm. when we just talk about shit, which I get with my friends, right? We always go deep on things. Yeah. We don't go like, yeah, yesterday, like, she did not fuck me. Or like, <laughs> you know, I d- didn't get laid. Or like, you know, let's get together, drink beers and watch soccer or football. Nothing yeah. wrong with that, right? Yeah. But, no. Yeah, this is wonderful. Like right now, guys, if you're just, you're just listening, but we're walking through the Topanga Hills and the Malibu Mountains. And it looks freaking unbelievable. It looks like we're walking into like the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and you see all of those mountains in the back and the sun is setting right at the perfect time. Mm. It's like, this is a podcast by itself, you know? Yeah. We don't need you know, to- when, I, when I came over in the car and I parked and I just walked out, mm. for a moment I had this feeling of like, like, Look at this, nothing else matters. Mm. Like, it doesn't matter what we do or what we think or what we worry about. Or, and you know, on the drive here, I was thinking about this film that I, I'm putting together that I'm trying to film by the end of the year. Mm. And I was like brainstorming about like when to shoot it and like how, logistics and all that. Yeah. And you know, a lot of film is wrapped into your own identity so Mm. you want to do a great movie because you're a great filmmaker and you want to do this thing that no one has done before and like prove to everyone that you can do it Mm. and then i drove up here and just parked and then walk over and look at the hills and it's like 
the hills don't care what you think about them. <laughs> it's just there. Tomorrow they're gonna be there. Mm. When the sun sets down today, yeah. they're gonna be happy. Yeah. When the sun comes back tomorrow, they're gonna be happy. All right. And every single day they're gonna still be here. Mm. And they're still going to be more important than anything that we can do in life. Mm. Wow. You know what is amazing? Because you said the same thing with like Andrew said last time, because Andrew introduced this spot to me. So now I'm doing, you know, passing it on, <laughs> introducing it to nice. you. And you know, I thought about like, we should have invited CJ too, and next time we'll yeah. go together. But right back to that point is, maybe when we're in a site where it's so vast and so magnificent, we feel like, hey, your ego is not that important. Like it's kind of small and, you know, we feel we feel at home here. We feel like we don't need much more than just so. Look at the color of the, you know, purples and everything is blooming, and it's just these feelings of serenity. You know, the movies can wait. But the thing is, if you can enjoy this walk and be present here, when you think about the movie making and stuff, it's better because mm -hmm. you just recharge your mind. Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely needed. To come out here and do this and mm. usually during the week i don't do anything like this yeah because it does break the flow of like all the things you're trying to get done mm. but i just felt that like i felt yes i want to do that like i need it for me mm. even if like right now there are things that i need to get right. done there are people waiting on me yeah but it's like okay i need this for me mm. because like if you're not able to do things for you every now and then then what's the point, you know? Yeah, and we get into that habit of like, yeah, I can wait, you know, other thing first, mm -hmm. and then that's burnouts and stuff. Uh, unless you, like the rock. <laughs> <laughs> 5 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> get up, do your shit, man. Yeah. Every day, I don't know, where he has his energy, what, Red Bull or something? Yeah, I don't know, I really look up to him, and that's yeah. uh, the type of lifestyle that I want to enjoy. Mm -hmm. But we also see what we see, like, we don't know everything that is happening. <laughs> so guys, the fluffiest. My wife wants want a dog like Do you own any dog? No. Yeah. No pets for me. Okay. I want to get a place that's a little bit bigger so I can get dog. You know? Yeah, I'd they love are. older people to have dogs so I can play with them. <laughs> but you know, and then want I don't, the responsibility. I don't want, like, to be honest, I don't want their responsibility. <laughs> I get also, you. here in America, people like really, really take care of their dogs. Yeah. In a way that is totally different from me coming from Cuba. Mm. For us, the dogs, they sleep outside. They run outside. Vietnam do the same thing. Yeah. And well, on that, on that note, Cuba, as I was listening back to the podcast, you're like, yeah, I went to this film festival and then I ran to the border, asked for asylum. And then my mind just like, wait, what? Wait, what? Hold up. I need to ask you more about this. Because that's like, it sounds, you just said it like it's nothing, but that sounds pretty bizarre. Yes, it's actually a very interesting story. I always wanted to live Cuba when I was a kid, mm. but it's very difficult. Mm. to get permission to go to another country right. because Cuba is a third world country, communist, and basically all the other countries say 
if we give you a visa, you're going to stay. So we're not going to give you a visa. Mm. Wow. But I was able to work on some film projects and I got invited to go to a film festival in France. Yeah, wow. Through the Film Institute in Cuba, they wow. helped me get all my paperwork. And we just stopped because we found like a big bug in the middle of the road. It's gorgeous too. It's like deep black. We'll touch back in Cuba, you guys, in a little bit, but present is here. We just have to... Does this guy worry about, like, <laughs> asylum? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so you went to France? Yes, I went to France, and I was there to make a film. Mm. And it was a wonderful experience. I was 21 years old, okay. and I get to go to Paris. Wow. And then we went more up north, close to Normandy. We went to Deauville and a little town called Trouville. Mm. And that's where the festival took place. And there we made a film, like oh, a, wow. a little short. Mm. Uh, and that was a great experience. What was you doing like with your responsibility in that project? So I was the director. You were the director? Yes, okay. in that festival, they, they presented one of my short films that I had made in Cuba mm. in the opening night. Wow. And they have filmmakers from all over the world mm. to come and present their films. Wow. And then we spent a week there and the whole goal was to get a bunch of filmmakers together. Wow. And basically you would wake up in the morning, go to the festival mm. and you would say, okay, I'm a director, I have this script. Yeah. I'm an actor, I can act. I'm a cinematographer and then we would all put together the project, film it there at mm. the festival, mm. and then we'll have to show the film two days later. Whoa. We Whoa. would edit and do all the VFX and sound. How many days do you have to get that done? Two days. Two days? Yes. Oh my God. So you have one day to like... Shoot and one day to edit, basically. Yes. So it was a very small film called Silencio. Silencio. Which means silence. Mm. And that was my first narrative film because I've done documentaries and music videos mm -hmm. but that was the fil first film with a script, an actress, mm. all of that. Wow, must be exciting huh? Yes, it was wow. very surreal because wow. I was 21, first time out of Cuba. Wow, You That's know incredible. coming from an undeveloped country when you go to a big city like with so many cars and airports and all yeah. that it was really very overwhelming for sure. Yes. So after I made that film, mm -hmm. uh, after the two weeks, we went back to Cuba and mm. then we started another project with the Film Institute uh -huh. and we got invited to go to Canada. Canada. Yes. Okay. To do basically the same type of project. Yeah. So we were going to show some films and then make some films. But once I made it to that festival, then we just kind of ran away from the festival very early when everyone was asleep and <laughs> Uh, my ex-wife and I, we found a way to get on a bus and Whoa. go to Montreal. And then over there, we got another bus and another bus. And finally, we made it close to the border. Yeah. And, you know, we get to really close to the border and there were no more buses. Yeah. So we just say, okay, let's start walking. Whoa. So we were about 20, 25 miles from the actual U.S. border. 25 miles. Yes, and... How long did it take to walk that long? Well, we started walking. It was a very bad plan. Mm -hmm. So we walked for a few blocks and then we find a couple of taxis that were like close to the bus station. Mm -hmm. And we went up to one of the guys and we asked them, you know, 
like how much would it cost to get to this place? Mm. And he's like, well, probably like fifty, sixty dollars. Mm -hmm. So we're like, oh, great. Okay. So we get on the taxi with the guy, and once we get close to the, it was like a little border control mm. checkpoint in some random place up in New York State, mm. very small. And we pull up. My plan was to like get dropped off like a few, like half a mile from the border. Okay. But then there was like a one-way road. You couldn't like turn around. Turn around. Mm. So we keep going, and we didn't really know where the checkpoint was. Yeah. And once we get up to it, then the officers start saying, telling the car to like keep going. Uh -huh. So he couldn't really like drop us off. Right. So we pull up to the place. Uh huh. And then they ask us, okay, your passport, your visa. So yeah. I pull up my Cuban passport, and I say, I'm Cuban. And I want to come to America because of the Cuban adjustment law. Yeah. And the guy looks at me like, what the fuck? Like, whoa. So he's like, no, no, no. Where's your visa? How are you getting here? And he starts asking the driver. And the driver was from the French side of Canada. So he couldn't really speak well English. Oh, really? So I keep saying, no, I'm Cuban and I want to like come to the U.S. Yeah. And then I tried to get out of the car, and then the guy freaks out. Oh. He's like, stay in the car. Whoa. He gets his gun. No. And he's like, stay in no, the car. No, no. He starts yelling. Oh, God. And I'm like so nervous. So he makes us pull pull aside. Okay. And then he comes, gets us out of the car. Yeah. And they bring us inside the, the immigration-like place. Yeah. And it was a small place, only two officers. It was like about 6, 7 p.m. So it was about to go dark. And they start drilling us with questions and they Whoa. start checking to see if we have any weapons. Uh -huh. They start checking our backpack. Right. And the taxi driver is like, he's going to get in trouble because he's not supposed to like do that. Right. And he's like, know. we're all nervous and they're asking us, when did we get to Canada and what flight did we took and why we were there? Yeah. And if you're a Cuban, like, how did you get out of Cuba and how mm. did you came here? Yeah. So they had no idea about the laws that helped Cubans defect. Mm. So they end up calling the other office. And while all of this is happening, I'm thinking they're going to send us back. Oh my God. So no. I only had like $70 left. If they send me back to Canada, I couldn't go back to the people from the festival because I had already like ran away basically. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. And we were like so far away from because the festival was in Quebec. Uh. So I was freaking out and they keep Whoa. calling other people. Older officers arrive like a good 30 minutes to an hour later. Yeah. And they ask us a couple more questions. Mm. And all of a sudden the guy looks around and tells me, okay, welcome to America. What? No, no. Whoa, what? Yeah. And he starts laughing and he's like, oh man, you gave me a heart attack. I, you're the first Cuban I ever seen. I had no idea of this. Oh loss. my god! And they basically thought, you know, we were like terrorists or some shit. Yeah. Oh my god! So they gave us a hug. Wow. They were like so happy and like. Oh my! Welcome to America. <laughs> yeah. Axel, welcome to America. We love you here. Yes. Oh my god! What a story. Yeah. So. Wow. That's how I made it to America. Whoa, bro!
and you know now I'm I'm a citizen I did all the legal process like legally and all that yeah and wow it's been quite an amazing story to just be able to come here like I love America and yeah. it's something that sometimes it makes me sad when people who are Americans are not happy about America mm. and I just I'm determined to share my story and to give people like a new perspective mm. and remind them that hey it is an amazing country wow. we have something beautiful here wow. we have freedom mm. we have opportunities yes and this is a great place and you have to take someone with perspective like yours in order to recognize that because the law of ret diminishing return stated that we we get used to what we get exposed to every day and we don't appreciate it. I mean, if you see this every day, it would just be another day, then sometimes you won't ever, not even going to stop to look at it. If my yeah. house right there every day, but it make it precious when we be, we be quiet. Let's take a small break to avoid listening fatigue. Did you know that I have an Instagram channel? Please follow and support. There's lots of information and updates on that channel so let's get back to the episode yeah this is beautiful you know something interesting about the chinese so i study zen traditions and they talk about zen inspired art in the chinese traditions and zen artists at that time they would paint a painting like this and they'll call it a poet drinking wine watching sunset or something like that and then in the picture, you don't see a pot at all. You just see a massive landscape, right? And then you take out your, your uh, uh, magnifying glasses and you see the pot sitting right there. A tiny little guy, right there, tiny. Because um, that is sort of signified understanding from Zen is that we are nature. We are not separate from it. So we usually in, in modern, you know, Western European, the individual is the most important. So he'll fill out the frame completely and then the the background is behind him you know but the framing is that it's a massive frame and the poets is right there sitting in a tiny little corner mm. and they call it poets you know they name it like that so for a drinking wine yeah it's uh it's one of alan work in one of those i don't know which episode it is but wow what a story axel what my god yeah and the funny thing is to me it's not that crazy mm, really yes because i was just so i guess fortunate yeah. but at the same time i did put in the work to be able to right. give me the opportunity to do that but everything line up so that you can have those kind of chances right yeah. if you did not pursue uh filmmaking it wouldn't have taken you there yeah. everything along the way and that was just another decision toward that direction mm -hmm. So did you, like you guys knew about the law? Yes, it's a very uh, well-known law. And people in Cuba, mm. so many people, they create like makeshift rafts mm. and they go in the ocean and Whoa. they go in the ocean for like days and days and days and yeah. weeks until they make it to the shores of South Florida. Uh, whoa. So, so it's something that is very common 
As long as you can make damn, it to America. That, that's it. I don't know if that, well, I'm willing to jump on a raft and go into the ocean. And that is oh, why God. my story doesn't feel all of that incredible. There's, there's always something, some scenario that's in the top hour, huh? Yes. Dude. Wow. Oh, I would have pissed my pants if I was in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That is so cool. So you deserve to be here. Thank you. Yeah, you really... And I, you know what? You do remind me of that. And thank you for that. When I talk to you, you know, recently I've finished my taxes. And, you know, usually I'm like, oh, tax seasons. And mm. so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to recondition my mind to actually love this. Because this is what make America, America. I'm going to pay my taxes. And then I start going to the office. And I say, I love paying my taxes, guy. I love this tax place. Everybody's so beautiful. I love paying my taxes. Matter of fact, I'm going to pay more taxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so it, that is really interesting and i think you having the awareness to choose to say that even if it's not true at first it does change everything i had a similar experience with traffic mm. and every now and then i talk to people about la and everyone is saying oh yeah the traffic and this and that and i remember when i first came to la mm. i felt annoyed by traffic one day mm. and then i realized Wait, like, if we have traffic, mm. that means that there are so many people who want to live here. Mm. And I just got here. And you know what? I'm so grateful that I get to come to L.A. Mm. to become a filmmaker. Yeah. I'm in the greatest city for any, like, filmmaker, director, actor. Mm -hmm. And there's traffic because there's so many people here. Yeah. So you know what? There's so many opportunities. If we didn't have traffic, it meant that nobody wanted to be here. Mm. If we don't have traffic, I mean, there's no one to want to be here, and there's no opportunities here. <laughs> wow, we just reached the top of the hill. Okay, we have to show the audience a drone shot. I have a few drone shots of this spot. Wow. Yeah, and actually, brought us some tea. Nice. We just sit and enjoy the sunlight and chat and drink tea. This is so beautiful. Wow, you know, funny thing, like I would never decide to do this just on my own. Really? For That's me, it's very it's hard to let go. Yeah, I get it. And especially coming from a place where you feel oppressed and don't have the opportunity to create, and it feels like there's an urgency too. It's like there's all these opportunities, all this, I can't waste any moment. You know, Neil deGrasse Tyson said that knowing the fact that we are going to die is then is even more urgent to accomplish, to, <laughs> to, to discover, to learn and to grow. Yes. Um, I think there's truth there. There's truth there for sure. Yeah. And, and at the okay. same time, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Crazy is that? Yeah, that's. I think that's one of the biggest dichotomies of of our lives. Because mm. that's very true. Like you're going to die, so you might you should do everything to take advantage of your days. But at the same time, whatever you do, it doesn't really matter. I guess living in that you could say that yin yang balance is what where you find the most. Peace, I guess, and fulfillment. Because mm. either way, it's a party, you know. 
do your best and it's a party whatever happened happens and it's a party either way yeah. so you can't it's like you don't set yourself up for lose lose situations you know it's win-win being alive is enough and then everything else is a party and it's so exciting to do things that it's just a party but you know it's a party you just enjoy the party you don't party to something else just party life it's a party it's like a you know like everything is ecstatic is celebrating um, that's one thing that Alan Watt mentioned in his work in one of his famous YouTube <laughs> like you know he have really snuck into the modern culture the popular culture because his teachings are you know he, he share about um, he's a really amazing comparative philosopher and the perspective that he gives it's it's liberating and that's why it's called liberation you know in Buddhist traditions and and so on um, so so that bring, bringing back to I think I mentioned it last time something like that that you know people talk about awakening and awakening really people you know all the Buddhists you know shave their heads and become a, a monk to to attend enlightenment awakening but the buddha's teaching is that you are already awakened when you come into human form you know you become a human you come into form you have awakened from asleep which is before form like where did you come from <laughs> mm -hmm. where did i come from in terms of just like our physical form so to be in form now we are aware that we awake that's creepy you know yeah, I I don't know I don't know very much about Buddhism mm. because the way I grew up I was kind of sheltered away from all of the all the other religions. Mm. And what was the the popular religion there in Cuba? In Cuba, the popular religion is no religion. Oh really? Yes. Oh. But I grew up different. I I grew up as a Christian evangelical. Oh. So m my mom and my dad and I, my family like since I was. Like four years old, mm. we went to Christian church all the way until I left Cuba. But we didn't have the knowledge of all the other religions. Mm. Uh, it was very much like this is the only way everything else is evil. Mm. You know? But when I came to America, I went to a Christian college mm. and I studied theology and I studied about all the religions and history and mm. then I got educated. Mm. And once I started learning about all the other religions, then I just realized this is all like talking about the same spiritual experience, you know? Mm. And what is that spiritual experience? We are all trying to aspire to something. We believe there is something bigger than us because the way that we interpret the world is through our own eyes. So when we see the world and we see everything, because we create things, we cannot comprehend that this would just be. Mm. Correct? Mm. Because, because we, create. we create. We create. So in our own nature, like we create the shoes that you have, the pants, mm. the watch, the mm. bottle, the mm. phone. So things we, have to be made. Yes. It can't be self-making. Yes. And then you realize that that is part of who we are. Mm. The other part is the intangible, the spiritual, the energy, the whatever you want to call it, mm. which we cannot comprehend 
as to how it's made. Mm. So we have to assign something to it. Mm. And when you look at all the different religions, they all come from different cultures. Mm. And the cultures come from different civilizations. Mm. And those civilizations come from different parts of the world mm. that have different landscapes, different food, different everything. Mm. And that informs how you analyze the way that you give meaning to your world. Mm. And once you're aware of all of the different variations, then you see the commonalities that mm. it boils, boils down to humans with some spiritual part. Aspect. Yes. Yeah. And we explain it the best way we can. Yeah. So the same way that with movies, like if I give you a script, you will make a movie, I will make another movie, any other person will make a, another movie. They're all no different. different. Based on our preferences that we yes. project onto the world. And that's what I came to accept and became my new way of belief yeah. is that we don't really know yeah. there is something i do believe there is something uh, massive major but i don't know whether it's a singular unit a singular person a single individual mm. or if it's a multitude of energies of it's like you, we can't really put words to explain and comprehend it so that was a major shift in my way of looking at life and mm. the world. Stop and defining it. Yeah, because I couldn't. Like, once you start learning enough about it, mm. then you realize that you can't really define it. Mm. It's almost like magic and, like, software and phones. And, like, when you think about what your phone can do, like, it's, it's magic. Basically. Yeah. It is magic. You're you're able to do things that if you went back like to our magic. ancestors and you show them that they will be like that is from another planet. Yeah, that's magic. What is that? How, what does that mean? To take that, make sure it's not too hot. Careful, I don't. Last, I don't know. How. How is it? It's good. It's too hot. Yeah. We're drinking. Cool. Drinking cool. some tea, guys. Ah! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we're, we're sharing tea. I got white pomegranate. I thought about the tea options and I was like, I shouldn't bring uh, anything that is it's too caffeinated because then we can't sleep tonight and you'll have a problem tomorrow. So I was like, this is the only thing I have over at the house. It's like, yeah. white pomegranate sound good. Yeah, you guys. So we're sitting on the top of a mountain, uh, high spot overlooking a massive valley. Mm -hmm. Both sides. Well, that's LA there, yeah? Yes. Yeah, and the behind us, LA. Front of yes. us that is Beverly Hill. Okay. And then if you keep going past it, that's downtown. Downtown, right there. Yes. Yeah. Then that way it's just the Malibu Mountains. Malibu Mountains. The ocean is that way. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. And just drinking, sharing some tea, enjoying the beauty here. This is this is an extraordinary form of podcasts, whenever Yeah, this is unbelievable. Is. I think we should have a video of this. Somehow. <laughs> it's kind of a pity that we have a video of this. I know you a director, you're like, yeah. this is the most gorgeous. Yeah, uh, this is beautiful. And I and I thought about it. I thought mm. about coming with my brother and bringing the camera and all that. Yeah. But it would be a different experience, tell you that. It it would be. Yeah. I think it's still interesting. Uh and something that I'm learning as I've done more podcast episodes and yeah. tried to do more things. 
You know, it, it all comes down to how do you intentionally experience the moment. Mm. So the fact that you have a camera, it doesn't ruin it. Mm. It only ruins it if you don't know how to use it, mm. if you don't know how to behave around it. Mm. But if you learn, and think about it, like for my kid, like yeah. for them having a camera or an iPad, it's like... Yeah, it's a normal thing. Like you have shoes. Like, yeah. Would you not bring shoes to the hike? <laughs> Would you not bring your iPhone to the hike? Yes. You would totally just set an iPhone somewhere, you know? Yeah, so uh, with me, I really love technology. I yeah. really love social media. I really love all of that. I'm yeah. like obsessed with it in, yeah. in a healthy way. Yeah. I do understand how it makes us more anxious. Uh, it makes us compare ourselves like all the things that everyone always talks about it yeah. about social media mm. but you know what i think the way forward is learning how to control it mm. to because, embrace it right because it's there yes and train yourself not to be triggered by those things mm. is it hard yes but for example when you drive your car mm. you could drive your car off a cliff and die right but you don't. Right, because we learn how to do it and we're aware that don't go there and we'll die. And we have a system to organize it so that it doesn't lead yes. to there. I agree, I completely agree. I start to learn to love technologies. I used to hate Instagram, I'm going to share that with you. I was like, this is yucky and I, I hate the phone and it's just everybody's looking down and I'm like, well, I'm just being a hater, you know? <laughs> Instead of a lover, we as well love it and do something fun with it, you know, do some good stuff. Yes. And it's just an extension of ourselves. This moment right now yeah. would have not happened if it wasn't because well, technology, of technology. Yeah, Instagram. Okay, so how did you run across my post and what was the thing? I don't even remember. Yeah. I think I went to watch Avatar. Okay. That's the one thing I remember. And then I think I searched for Avatar. Like usually with films, I don't like to watch any trailers, any behind the scenes or anything like that mm -hmm. until I have seen the film. Okay. So I remember I watched the film and then I was like mind blown by it. Mm. And months later, I was still like thinking about it. Mm. And I think it was around Oscar season that I was watching all the contenders. And then I think I went to the Academy, I went to the Academy Awards. Mm. Wow. And they had this like special thing at the Academy Museum. Mm. So we went to that and then when I came back, I was, you know, more inspired to like wow. go at it. Like I, yeah. like Can I you... love making movies so much. So I was super inspired. Wow. And when I got back home, I was like, okay, I need to like search more about it and learn more about it. And I think I found watching different videos of behind the scenes and all that. Mm. Your video of going to the Avatar like celebration popped up. Oh wow! And then I, okay, who's this person? And then I saw like you had a podcast. And I'm like, if he has a podcast. He's going to want to be on my podcast for sure. <laughs> and then I get to talk to someone who worked on the film. Uh -huh. And I didn't know really like what you did on the film mm -hmm. or anything like that. But yeah. then I saw that you were doing a podcast and it was like very, like when I clicked on your podcast video, it was very like sad mm. and calm. And I was like, this guy must be like a really nice person that I can like talk to. Mm. And that's how I decided to just send you a message and, wow. and see. Wow. And that's so magical. Just like that, I've had so many good friendships that have come from sharing 
something on social media and then people finding you or you finding them and mm. then you end up meeting all these great people. Mm. So I think the positives outweigh the negatives mm. on any social media platform. Mm. But the news and the stories and everything about something negative will always get more attention. Mm. So for any one kid that is suffering from depression or anxiety from social media, there is a hundred kids that have amazing experiences, make mm, new friends, mm. stay in touch with their family from across the country, mm. meet new people and stay in touch with old friends. Mm. So that's the way I think about it. Mm. And I think when you have that frame of reference to think about social media, then you will start seeing more of the positive things. Mm. And then you try to utilize it in a way that is helping you towards those positive things. Mm. Now, we all do like scroll doom on a weekend and we just keep watching and watching and watching nonsense. <laughs> like when do I, you? Do I do that sometimes, <laughs> yeah. And when I do that, I don't feel as good. Uh. And then I just close the app, like mm. move out, go yeah. do some whatever. Same thing, I scroll five times, like about three times. I'm like, what am I doing? Boom, oh. and then you go yeah. create, communicate. That's beautiful. So how do you, how does like social media change the way you direct and produce as a director? How does that change the way you approach directing at all? Or does it at all? Does it you know, I haven't thought about that specifically. I do think sometimes we do things because we want to appear more than what we are. Mm. So in that way, I do have to keep myself on check and remember. Let's take another break before we continue. Did you know that there are plenty of important links and information in the description? Check it out. Let's return to the episode with Axel and I. Keep myself on check and remember, you know, hey, posting that cool video about something that you did it's not doing the thing mm. because your brain doesn't know the difference. So like when you post something, that's the one thing that I need to be careful mm. about because you do get the same satisfaction from posting a video on social media and getting the likes mm. that you will get from going and shooting a scene. Mm. So if you don't tread carefully, you could spend months believing that you are doing something towards becoming a filmmaker and this applies to musicians artists any kind of creative endeavor mm. and even business mm. dude even business you could be you could be sharing business clips on your stories and that will give you the same endorphin like rush as if you were actually going and working on your business really Yes. Wow. It is very, very tricky. Yeah. And I remember there was a time in my life when I was working on my on my second feature film that I stopped completely watching movies for a, a period of, of several months. Why? No movies and no TV shows. Because, yeah, I was getting so, like, so much satisfaction from sitting down and watching Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm that I would watch one episode and another episode. And then it's like your creative thirst is satisfied. 
Whoa. Why would you wake up early create? or stay up late creating oh, when your brain is already being shit. stimulated by what you're watching? Whoa, so then you lose your, that desire and that fire. Yes. It goes away, it's like food. Like if you're eating french fries and, and potato chips and candy, like if you eat a lot of that, if I, if, if I tell you, oh, now we need to go to the market, Buy the nope, food, I'm, not, I'm, bring I'm it sitting back, right here. Cut up the chicken, season it. It's gonna take like two hours to put it in the oven and do this, and then you like it's gonna take six hours until your next meal. Right. Or here is some like a little packet, pre-packaged sandwich. Yeah. And a coke. Sandwich, coke for sure. <laughs> right. Like if you're hungry and I feed you something easy right now you won't go through the trouble of making an amazing Actual meal. meal. Yeah, which I, I love cooking. My wife and I, when I get the chance, I love cooking. And cooking is, an, is a beautiful thing, you know. Putting things, it's art. It's really it's all it art. Is. I bring it. Do, you, do you cook? Uh, not very much. But you're just so busy on so many things. Yeah. And I know how to cook. It makes more sense. I love to eat. <laughs> Eating is, is another art. <laughs> well, I got to invite you to, to we got to make some, go some parks and do some parties on you. Yes. Fun. Cook would, some food. I would love that. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. I never heard like social media and creating from that pers standpoint. And that's really give me like a pitfall to not to look out for as I just start to you know, be more present on the platforms and just sharing things that's going on to my creative expressions, you know. I love creating, I love making things. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Are, are Do you have any plans of like directing something or producing something or like what's your your big plan with that, if if any? Um, I love like video. I really love video making, you know, it's just, it's not the best and I'm not trying to, I never try to be a director or maybe I don't have that consciousness at some point and plus, you know, to reinvest that time into that field. But I just been, you know, since the beginning of time of parkour, video was a mean to self-improve and then to share because it was big, like everybody was making parkour video put on YouTube mm -hmm. and it was, you know, it's just such a cool medium, you know. You point to things and just like magic, you just capture that. Mm -hmm. It's like right now we have, you know, something and you can see this back and it's just this sense of satisfaction. That's this beautiful sense of like joy. You know, it's, the other day I went over and helped a friend shot um, his uh, gender reveal party and engagement. Um, he's a secret proposal, so it's gender reveals, and he didn't tell his, his partner, and then we all planned like a secret proposal. Smart. Yeah, and so it was beautiful, it was friend, family, and, and then I went home and I just finished editing it right now, and it was like a cinematic documentary kind of mix, and you know, I get to put music in it, and I don't know, the whole process, it's just so... It's just so beautiful. And then when you watch that, you just get high, you know? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just love that process. I and know I exactly what you mean. Yeah. And so I, I love it. And the vision, just, I don't know, um, do more of it and, and get better at it. Just, and, and, you know, I've been 
focusing more on producing, you know, for company um, stuff. I've been doing some work for companies, different company promotional contents and website contents and all sort of things. And had a buddies, which is Preston, he worked on Avatar with me, episode 14, I think. Uh, we talk. Um, and he and I, you know, really connect. He's such a Zen dude. He does camera work, right? Yeah, that's, you know, he's, he was there helping um, James with his... Um, What's that thing? With the director's monitor? Yeah, director monitor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was there, you know, playing with us and real close. He, he loves it. He's such diligent work and really, really great persons. And we just been recently negotiating with some company um, for, for some, some work. And I've just, I've just been really liking making stuff, videos. So Rio has always been like a, like a, love affair you know? <laughs> yes. well I hope you take that into filmmaking because with your skills as a performer and martial artist there's not that many people like you who can do that and then if you learn the skills of filmmaking mm. then you'll be able to like work more in film like putting together scenes and like I don't know if you do any like stone coordinator work or anything like that but you know even some directors now come from that background mm. where I mean John Wick yeah I was gonna John say Wick. John Wick like uh, the director Eddie, Eddie, Chad I think is yeah. the name of the director yeah. uh, that was his path and that's one of the reasons why I started learning Krav Maga and martial mm. arts because I want to make big bold action movies Yeah. and then I was thinking like if tomorrow I get an opportunity to go and make an action film like the people doing the action, they're gonna like laugh me out. They're gonna be like, mm. "You're this wimpy, like nerdy kid with a camera. Mm. You know nothing about like, actions, action." Yeah. And like, so I started applying myself at the gym, mm. working out, lifting weights, getting stronger. Wow. As the first step, and then second step, learning Krav Maga with my friend Reggie. He's an actor and he's a black belt in Krav Maga. Wow. So I've been training with him and learning all of that and. Wow. It's amazing. We we shot a couple scenes with a, another stunt guy, mm. super interesting. And now we're trying to learn more. Uh, so I was really excited, like when I learned that you were a stunt guy, mm. to and that's why we had a podcast and we talked about all of that entire career. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see you grow in that area. And I definitely want to keep learning more and become like a student of that mm. and learn about that because i want to find a way to make beautiful like massively done action movies that have a good message and mm. you know drama with like strong emotions but then badass action like yeah i love mm. like to do that kind of thing that's what i aspire to so beautiful you know james actually train every morning he'll come in and train at five with the stunt guys and martial artists teacher that come in and teaches everybody. And I think that's really admirable that you would take on that and start applying yourself to do something so that you can understand to be better at your craft. And that's, mm -hmm. that's what it takes, I think, to really... Yeah, and it helps you so level. much. Yeah, it helps you so much with your mindset and your mm -hmm. grit and all that. And I, I have a main left hook 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> Yeah, it's, re it's really fun. Like, once you start learning and then you see the progress. Mm. Like, a couple of weeks ago, we were training, and after the training, we went to the movie theater, and we were watching old videos mm. from, like, a year and a half ago when I first did my first classes. Whoa. And I was like, I looked like a little I robot. I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you. I looked like a little oh robot. And now I can, like, I... I can really punch. I can really do combinations, and like mm. my stamina is like I, I can hang. Yeah, and that's will give you the right door into you know communicating with with because those guys are gung ho. They they all know stuff and they're deep into martial arts. And if they're coordinating, and and you are speaking on their level, and I think that's why James does it too. It's like he want to understand these guys and be able to communicate with them. And and I think that's a brilliant beginning into yeah. that. You that's the right strategies right there. And it's plus it's just so healthy to do. I went over to Rafi the other day for. Oh, I was so happy that you went over there, dude. When I saw that interview of you and Rafi, I was like, this man. Mm -hmm. He's like he's a worthy teacher to be a student of. You know, like when you pick teachers, you gotta be like Careful. choosy too. And just listening to him and, and listening to you talking, I was inspired. You know, I was really inspired by the way he approached life and being here out in Hollywood and Malibu's and mm -hmm. dealing with actors and, mm -hmm. and popular people and so on. And it, this is such heart in what he is doing. Yeah, that place is really amazing. And he started during COVID where everything shut down. So he acquired that space that is an open space wow. so they are a health uh, club a health and fitness club so mm -hmm. they were able to be open and it was open air wow. so that drew a lot of people to come to that place mm. and he does a really beautiful job at combining a business mm. with health and fitness mm. and with mindfulness and the the traditions and all that comes from more of the Eastern's philosophy. Mm -hmm. He has a really beautiful time on Sundays. They do the Qigong classes. Mm. Yeah. And he has some piece of like philosophy. It's almost like a preacher, you yeah. know, but in a very different way where mm. he just almost talking about life and common sense and like basic things. Mm. Do you go to it? I've been to a few, yeah. We should go together. Yeah. That'd yeah. be awesome. I've been to a few. And then we do the breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. And then we do the sound bath. And trust me, I'm the last person <laughs> to be a like... sound bath. Woo, woo, woo. Man, that is <laughs> as... Driving out to Malibu. <laughs> that is as woo, woo as you can think. And I'm a very type A personality. Yeah. I have like, my calendar is on point. Like... To talk to me, you need like an appointment. <laughs> like, and then I'm like, yes, I need to go to Rafael's to have like, a, because I, I experienced that in a very uh, complicated time in my life. It's when I discovered that place and Rafi and those things. And I was always closed off to any form of meditation or therapy or anything <laughs> like that. To me, it's like, that's nonsense. Yeah. Wow. And what, what, what made you decide to do that? Like, it was a project. What project? So uh, Rafi hired me to direct this campaign for the new relaunch of the, of the lounge. Mm. And they were doing a project 
into the NFT and Web3 world. Mm. So this membership token, you could buy the NFT and then you'll get lifetime membership. So I, I got him, someone recommended me to him and then we mm. met and I've done a lot of work on the NFT and Web3 space wow. through the studio that I work at, Impact Theory, and with Tom Bilyeu. And like in the last year and a half, I've basically become very involved in that, that world. Mm. So it was that project. And then we had to like film and do all of these commercials and stuff. Mm. And that's how Rafi and I met. And then we worked together. And I was really impressed by his business side mm. that people don't get to see or experience. Right. Because when they come, they're looking for the health and wellness. And the philosopher teachers. Yes. The... But Rafi, like you remember from the interview, he was in the Israeli army. He was a Kung Fu master and athlete. He competed, world champion. Right. He's a very hardcore guy. Very like, hardcore. He can punch people. He knows how to kill people. He mm. has killed a lot of people. Like, mm. this is a tough guy. And he came to America. He created a business here for himself. And in business, he's laser focused. He's go, 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 go. He will find a way. He will learn whatever he has to learn. He will call whoever he has to call. He's a super networker. He knows everyone. Everyone knows Ooh, him. Wow. So to me, that was like, this is very interesting. I'm yeah. seeing a person that has all the elements of type A personality that I like, yes. that I want to cultivate in my life. Yet he is a student and a master of this other side of life that I have always pushed aside mm. because of the way that I grew up and everything that I've seen and most of the people that live in that space don't accomplish big things. So I'm always thinking like, I want to be the best director in the world. I want to be a major producer. Mm -hmm. I want to do all of these things. Yeah. I don't want to be all sent out and mellow mm -hmm. and then not do anything. Right. But with him, it was like the perfect combination of both. Wow. And that was very attractive to me. Mm -hmm. And then I just started learning a little bit more and practicing, going to the sound bath. And it's very, it's a tool. It's very useful. Mm, why? Why? Why is it now that the newfound perspective about like how come can type A personality combine with Zen out? <laughs> so let me tell you a story. Yeah. During that time that we were doing that project, my brother was going across all the countries in South South America to be able to come to America. Mm. The same way that I came through Canada. Wow. He was doing that through. Nicaragua, Honduras, Mexico, like all of those countries. Wow. It's very dangerous. Wow. He was in harm's way many, many times. Oh, boy. He was, it's, it's a really crazy story what he went through. Wow. And during that time, I'm here coordinating all of those movements with him, sending money, finding people to get them across different borders. Wow. Like all of this is like illegal stuff going on, wow. like paying people off, paying cops paying people to like get them through mountains on little God. horses, like very stressful. And my brother was in danger. Oh my God. So during that time, I'm doing my full-time job at the studio. I'm trying to work on my own projects. I'm helping my brother. And then I need to come up with this huge amount of money to be able to afford for them to do that. So oh. then I was taking on this project with Rafi and it was a very tumultuous uh, time in my life also with personal things of like my kids being away they don't live in the same state so that adds a lot of stress to my life 
my love life in that moment was like turned upside down. So it was like the perfect storm Whoa. of everything. And then I do one of these sound baths on a Sunday. And after that, I was like very calm. I was able to make decisions for things that were actually good for me. I was able to put myself first for a short moment, recover, and then on Monday hit everything stronger. Wow. And when you do that a couple times, then you realize, okay, this is just like a tool. Yeah. Like to be able to do more and take on more stress, you need to have things that you do in your life to calm you down and deal with the stress. Mm. And then you're able to just do more. Mm. So if you learn how to calm yourself faster, mm. you're able to be in environments or circumstances that will get you very stressed, mm. but now you can tolerate more and you can handle it accordingly. Mm. It's like lifting weights. Mm. If you're mm. weak, the solution is not don't carry any more weight. <laughs> but work on it. Yeah. We're gonna get stronger. Yeah. When you get stronger, then the 20 pound dumbbell is not heavy anymore. Yeah. The same with stress. Right. Right. I I am creating a life that is in a trajectory to be very stressful. stressful yeah. And I like it. Mm. <laughs> like I want it. I don't want to be like nothing going on. I want yeah. to be making major movies, traveling around the world, speaking, doing cool projects with many, many friends all at the same time. Mm. So to be able to do that, I need to find things in my life and work towards becoming stronger mm. mentally and physically so I can handle all of that, which is part of my mission and what I want to do. And only those who could walk like that, walk in that storm and be in the, 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 the eye of the storm and just walk calmly. But yet, you know, the whole chaos, the whole world is collapsing. Those are the ones who, who are worthy of walking that path. You're right. I mean, James Cameron must be lifting like two billion tons. <laughs> oh my God! Directing yeah. freaking Titanic, bro. Yes, that is Dude. insane, and that's what I aspire to, and you know, that's what I want to do with my life. Yes. But to be honest, Jen, like sometimes I feel like I don't. Do I have it in me? You mm -hmm. know, like, am I good enough to be able to get to that level? We all have that town, that questions, that point of doubt what are what are your no that's one what are your doubtful moments what are the times of like breakdown what are some of those moments like and how do you handle that i think there are some times where for example i have an hour to work on something but i don't make the decision to like open up that script and keep working on the script or moments where i feel let me go do this like two or three tasks that I can complete quickly so I feel that I'm doing something but those tasks are not actually helping me with the main main goal. Mm -hmm. Taking on projects just to make more money, mm -hmm. to be able to afford the lifestyle that I have. Yeah. And then sometimes I feel like maybe I shouldn't have this lifestyle mm -hmm. so I could put everything towards the films feeling like, you know, I've been here in America for 10 years now. Mm -hmm. I've been in LA for three years. Part of that was COVID and all that, but still like I, I should have done the film that I wanted to make or like I should have already joined the DGA and become a, like a professional, like quote unquote, professional director. Mm -hmm. 
like all of those moments come and then I feel down. Mm. But then I also have other moments that I'm like, wow, just the fact that I'm here, just the fact that I'm here in Hollywood, mm. like anything could happen. This is just mm. the beginning. I just got here. I'm just starting. Mm. Uh, for example, with James Cameron, like he made the Avatar Way of the Water now. He's in his 70s mm. making that masterpiece. I have 40 years to catch up to him. Mm. In 40 years, I can make it. Like uh, in 40 years, if I apply myself, I do believe that I have the desire mm. and the baseline IQ and, and EQ to be able to train to become that. Like mm. I have the ingredients mm. and now it's just a matter of putting in the work and doing it on a long enough timeline that mm. gets me there. And always remembering that what matters the most is the story, mm. like the script, the story, the script, the story, the story. Yeah. like telling that story. Like I, I think just having that awareness that the story is what matters, that already puts me ahead a lot of other people that are, might be only thinking on about getting famous and doing this and doing that. The other thing that sometimes is discouraging is like, I see all of these other projects and all these other movies and all these other people, they're doing the thing that I want to do and I feel like, I'm flagging them. <laughs> and I also feel like I'm, I have better instincts than those people. I'm better equipped or mm. I have better stories to tell or... So what's missing? I don't know. Yeah. And then that makes me, I, I believe that I have responsibility on everything. So the fact that I see someone else doing the job that I want to be doing mm. and I don't have that job, like I, it's not on them. I'm mm. not saying that, oh, they suck. Mm. It's more like, why am I not there? Like mm. I'm doing something wrong. And that's easy, that's easy to, to, to do. It's like immediately, especially for type A personality, person like yourself, uh, very self-critical, very like strict. And you know what? On one of the episode, one of my friend, um, she said, you know, when we see other people accomplishing success and so on, it's really easy to be jealous and to go and self-criticize and things like that. But she said, but the thing that really works and the most amazing things, if we do want to accomplish something like that, is to actually celebrate with them, celebrate them. Mm -hmm. Is to get into the celebrations. Because when we celebrate something in someone, we recognize that and it will become real in our own life. And, and when she said that, I was like, wow, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's it is. Celebration. To me, I don't feel jealous at all. I think I just feel like I need to find a way to do it. Like, it's a good, it's a good, it's doable, you know, yeah. it, it's a good tension of like, come on, like if they're doing it, like you can do it. And too, also like, celebrate. Yes. Those two go hand yes. in hand, you know, recognize, yes, of course I have work to do mm -hmm. this and this and this practical. Let's take many time planning. Also, let's celebrate. Wow. That's amazing. That's yes. so beautiful. Yes. And that's why I was so happy with Avatar 2. And also with everything, everywhere, all at the same time. Like I was so happy that those movies got mm. made, and that that were, and that they were able to make such good films. Because then it's like, wow, people are still making like really Epic cool. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm still so out happy. there. Yes, inspirations. But um, let's wrap up the conversations. I want to ask you. It's usually at the end, a series of didn't feel like podcast at <laughs> all. <laughs> <laughs> this is just chatting away. But the crazy thing is when you listen to it, it's, it's gorgeous. It's just, 
it's just beautiful because it just embraces the present moment so much because the conversation is uh, it's just so spontaneous in a sense. And I still keep in mind the things I want to ask you. You know, I prepare, I come, I have plans, and yeah. I prepare. But then I write the conversations, and then when it comes up, I'm like, hey, what about that? But it's you know, at the end of the day, I still hear all the things that I want to hear. At the end, usually I do fire a bunch of mm -hmm. questions, and yeah. sitting here with the sunset, <laughs> guys. The most beautiful sunset ever. <sighs> Axel took a few pictures or photos, so we'll share with you guys yeah. <laughs> on the Instagram promo. But first of all, I want to honor and acknowledge you for coming here, and sharing your precious time out of your busy day. I know you're really busy, a lot to accomplish. And taking this time out for me and for yourself is such a beautiful thing, and I honor that. And I really am grateful. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, uh, guys. We all are grateful for you, whoever is listening to this. Um, what is your purpose? Then my purpose a while, ago, a few years ago, this idea came to me, and this is the name of my podcast, and it's just high level. So I think my purpose is to live the best way that I can, to be at the highest level in everything that I do. Mm. That is my purpose. Mm. And through that, like entertain and inspire people with the stories that I tell. Mm. I remember when I was young, I was like 18, and I made this video. I don't know if I told you this story or if I was telling another friend. I made this video, and it was a music video, and these people came to visit the church that I was working at the moment. And it was an older guy and his son, and he was also like 16. And they watched my video, and the kid ended up crying at the end. And I remember that was the first time that I felt like, wow, like I made a story that connected with someone emotionally and made them like feel something. Like after I, I had that experience, I was like, wow, like this is what I want. Because I had experienced that from other movies and like from other things that made me feel emotional. Mm. But being able to create that myself mm. is so like rewarding. You're the magician. Yes. <laughs> so from that day forward, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like mm. I want to create wow. things that make people feel emotions. Okay. And that's, that's my purpose. Okay. What is, what bring you fulfillment in this in this current lifetime? Then friendships bring a lot of like fulfillment to me. Mm. It's something that I always appreciated and enjoy having and doing. Mm. Creating things gives me a lot of fulfillment. My podcast lately has been helping. Like it's just so much fun. Like mm. I'm, I'm happy doing mm. it. Even like I don't have the numbers that I want. I'm not making any money with it. I'm not getting all the subscribers that I want, you know? I'm doing it because I enjoy it. So that brings me fulfillment. Mm. And just being able to pursue something that I like, mm. you know? Like we all have to make money and pay bills and do jobs that we don't like to afford to live. But I'm so grateful that I'm still able to pursue what I want. You know, I'm healthy enough, I'm young enough, I'm smart enough, like I'm able to do that. So. Just the fact that I can go after what I want, that is huge. That mm. I'm so grateful for that. Mm. Who is the most important person in your life? Mm. 
think it's a combination uh, to have my kids, Abel and Alexa. They're really important to me and they're far away from me. So it makes me feel very sad. Uh, and lately I've found someone in my life that I really love and she's a woman that I really admire and appreciate mm. and she brings a lot of happiness to my life. Mm. And my brother is the other person that is like really, really important to me. Mm. And I have another brother that is in Cuba that I hope can join us oh, sometime wow. soon. Yeah. Um, my parents are really special. But I think lately this last year, being able to bring my, my brother CJ to America and like the beautiful relationship that we have is very important to me and I, I hope I can find new and better ways to make that relationship even stronger and build something together mm. uh, because he's like the closest person I have right now. So, mm. yeah. Do you want to leave a legacy? If so, what is it? I would love to make films that, you know, 20, 30 years from now, young kids like me can watch it and like have a moment of like inspiration or emotions. Like, I think that's how I can live my legacy. Mm. I remember the, when I was young, I read the Iliad and the story of Achilles. And mm. he wanted to be the greatest warrior of all times. And then later on in another book of the same author, when Odysseus goes to Hades, like to the place where the dead people are, he finds Achilles and then he's like, whoa, what do you, how do you feel? Like you, you did it. Like, mm. And he was like, yeah, I, I wish I hadn't gone for that. I wish I had a wife and a family and a mm. son and all of that. Mm. So to be honest, I don't know, Shin. I don't know. I don't know if legacy matters all mm. that much. I think we can use that to make us live a life of the high, of the high level that mm. I want. Mm. So it's almost like a false motivator that would help me accomplish more and do more and be better and do better for everyone around me. But it's not necessarily real, if that makes sense. Mm. So then it almost, it takes away the meaning of everything. And at the same time, it gives everything meaning. Mm. So. Mm. I don't know. And the last question, what is the meaning of life? I have no idea. I don't know. It's a mystery. <laughs> it is a mystery. I think it's a mystery and it's a, it's a beauty. And I think the meaning of life is to live it. That's it. The meaning of life is to live it. Yeah, yeah to not define it. The meaning is itself writing itself as our life. Well, that's it. That's it for today. Recording. Wonderful. Couldn't be better. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to leave a rating. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to leave a rating and turn on your Apple Podcast notification for weekly release. Feel free to share this podcast with others who might also enjoy it. If you're looking for ways to connect, my Instagram handle is in the descriptions. Also, there are plenty of contents for your viewing, so please feel free to check it out. I'm looking forward to seeing you on the next episode of On The Wheel. And this is your host, Chen, signing out.